0: Alright, doing okay? Alright, let's take our Bibles and Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. We're going to take a look at verses 1 and 2. This is the first part of a message that we're not going to be able to get the second part until the first of the year. So what we're probably going to have to do on the 2nd of January is do a little bit of backtracking, but that's okay. Uh, Just to let you guys know, next week, we're going to look at a message called uh, 12 Essential Prophecies About the Messiah. And that's a mouthful, but it's for this time of the year that when you talk to people who are atheist, agnostics, or who do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, to look look and say, what are the chances that these old Hebrew prophets in the Old Testament would know that the Messiah would come and be born in this type of way and do these things in life. It's a tremendous message. The week after that, which will be the day after Christmas, which we'll see how the dedication is, here <laughs> is the day after Christmas, but we're going to take a look at a subject called, what if Jesus had never been born? It's an interesting question, we're going to examine that, so the next two weeks we're going to take a break from Ephesians, and we're going to look at uh, some messages about Jesus, but we're going to pick... Ephesians chapter 5 up after today. We're going to pick it up after the first of the year. So here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 there in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators or followers of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now this word here in the beginning of verse 5, B-A, if you're reading the King James Version, it translates this word follower. Literally the word here is where we get our English word for mimic, right? I had three younger brothers and there was a time that they would uh, like to mimic me. You know that? Remember back in school, if you had a professor or a teacher that had uh, some idiosyncrasy and people could look and they would mimic, they would do exactly what that person would do. But when you think about when the Bible says be imitators of whom? Uh, whom of, of God, it's saying that we should literally do what God does. Well, how do we know what God does? We look at Jesus. Jesus came to show us who God is. So if I want to be an imitator of God, I'm going to be as, if you're reading on the King James Version, I will end up being a follower of God. Think back in your life to people that you really admire. Maybe it's somebody in your family. When I first came here, I looked back here on the wall and there was an article. And the title of the article said, Joe Sink drove tank on D-Day invasion. Amen, Mr. Joe. And I said, man, that is just an awesome title. I mean, number one, his name is cool, right? Joe Sink. I mean, that is just a soldier's name. And then he drove a tank on D-Day Invasion, and he won. Let's give it up for our veterans in the house today. Yes. And I I read that, and I said, man, that is awesome. It's just, I mean, he drove a tank. You guys getting that? He drove a tank on D-Day. And then I, I remember watching watching movies like The Longest Day and you've got these actors that are trying to portray the bravery of the U.S. troops invading to bring freedom to destroy tyranny and then you, know, you watch movies like Saving Private Ryan and you see the heroism and the bravery and you think, man, I, I would love to be like that. I want to imitate that. When I was a kid, it was all about Michael Jordan. The I want to be like Mike commercials. Any of you remember that? Right, it was all about, you know, and your parents are like, I don't see us spending hundred and fifty dollars on shoes. And, and we're totally, you know, like, well, mom, if you let me have the Air Jordans, I can dunk, even though I'm five foot and you know, in eighth grade. And, and it's just those things that, that we have in our mind, these heroes, these these icons, if you will, and we say, I want to be that. You go to football games and people have on the jersey of the football player that they like, and they want to be like them. And they're those guys that are completely inebriated. They don't have on any upper clothing. It's like 30 degrees. and You ever noticed that when we love, when we respect someone, we want to be like them. And the question from this text here is when the Bible says, and this is a command, right? It's an imperative. It's like when your mom uses your middle name. That means this is important. Do this Now, when it says to be imitators of God, the question is, well, what really is that? If you look on the back of your worship guide, you can follow along with us. We have the outline of this passage. Well, first off, I think it would be helpful to see what does it not mean, right? Are you with me? I mean, what does it not mean to be a follower of God? Well, first off, what it does not mean to be an imitator, a follower of God is A religious ritual. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11, verse 42, this is Jesus speaking, He says, But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb. This is the little, minuscule, tiny things that the law of God said you're supposed to give to God. But, Jesus says, you do the tiny little nitpicking things, but neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So the translation for us today is that just because we come to church does not mean that we're a follower and an imitator of God. Didn't hear any amens. It's right, It's the South. We've got a church culture. Just a religious ritual. Like if you take the Lord's Supper, you take communion, that doesn't mean that you're a follower of God. I mean... I've heard it said before: coming to church doesn't make you a follower of God, just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. Doesn't add up. Number two: what is not a follower of God? Secondly, there in your notes, in my heart, but not demonstrated in my life. Let me say that again: this is what it is not to be a follower of God. Saying, I have Jesus in my heart. But he's never demonstrated in my life. James chapter 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? The Bible teaches over and over that if we truly have Christ in us, then that's going to be demonstrated on the outside. Y'all okay? Okay. Like, man, Jeff, this is Christmas season. You're not supposed to be preaching stuff like that. I, I'm supposed to come and like feel all warm and fuzzy and beam me up, Scotty. No, this is the text of Scripture. It does not... If we simply have this... And by the way, that's never found in the Bible. Never found in the Bible. To where somebody can, can get saved and not change. But you know what we have in the South, all over churches? We've got a lot of people who say, Well, yeah, I'm a, I, I believe in Jesus, but He's in my heart. But he's never made a difference and never actually changed their life. That's not what it means to be a follower of God. In fact, if Jesus is actually, if you use the phrase in your heart or inside, he's going to manifest himself on the outside. And number three, what it is not, what being a follower of God is not, is believing in God and believing in the truth of the Bible. Hold on, Jeff. I thought it was good to believe in God. It is. I thought the Bible is the word of God and I'm supposed to believe it. It is. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, You believe that God is one? <claps> Hooray! Sprinkles, cheerleaders. Hooray! You believe that God is one. You do well, but even the demons believe and they shudder. Literally, the word for shudder here is to tremble, which means your hair stands up on end. I remember one time my youth minister told me a story about he went into a dark room and he was trying to find... You ever been there? You're trying to find the light switch? And one of his friends was playing a prank on him and he was right below the light switch and had his hand up next to the light switch. And he said, my hair has never stood on end like that before. When you're looking to find a light switch and you find a live human hand. Are you with me this morning? It means that, check this out, that demons believe and they know that God is one that Jesus is the Son of God, and because they believe that, they haven't actually trusted Jesus Christ with their life. And that's pretty deep, right? Like, yeah, that's probably t- demons have not trusted... Yeah, right, because they're demons, okay? So, just simply believing in our mind or saying that I have Jesus in my heart without actually obeying Christ does not mean that I'm a follower of God. You say, Jeff, well, what is it? There in your outline. What is it? What is it to be a follower of God? What is it to be an imitator of Christ? Well, what it is, it is to obey Christ out of love. Church, isn't that good news? Notice what the text says. Be imitators of God because your mom drug you to Sunday school as a kid. Right? Amen? You guys got that? Is that what your version says? Cool. Uh, Therefore, be imitators of God because your family expects you to be a good Christian Southern man and come to church. Is that what it says? No. Some of y'all, y'all are y'all awake? Are you? They're like real. Wow! I never knew that. That is amazing. This is like the redneck Bible. No, it's a joke. Notice what it says. Therefore, be imitators of God, as as in the manner as beloved children. Man, the picture here is that. We are the children of God, and He is the one who has adopted us into His family. He's the one who looked out upon us and saw that we had no hope without Him, and He sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. And one day you heard the gospel. You remember that? And you heard the gospel, and it just, it just it was like it was like God just ripped away the blinders. I remember one time I was duck hunting in southeast Louisiana and it was so foggy we could barely see past the end of the mud boat. But then about mid-morning, when we finally got to, uh, to our place, it was like the sun just split through, man, and that fog just went away. That's what it's like when you hear the Gospel. When you realize that you're a sinner, man, and you've been separated from God and His judgment is on you. But you realize that He loved you so much that He sent Jesus. And you trust Jesus. And you believe in Him. And you are changed. And you go from being a child of the devil... That's what Jesus said. I didn't say that. And you go to being a child, a beloved child of God. It's an incredible thought here. And the word for, once again, for imitators literally is where we get our English word to mimic someone. It means to mimic someone and follow them. So check this out. If I mimic someone, if I am following someone, what am I not doing? I'm not staying still. And the Christian life, Christians, is a life of movement. It is a life that says, you know what? I am following Christ, so I will follow Christ. You're like, man, Jeff, those are a lot of big words. Man, how do I obey? What's it say there in our outline? How do I obey Christ out of love? It's very simple. And this is the message in a sentence. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Obey Christ. That's pretty deep, isn't it? You know, sometimes people come to church they say, now pastor, I am coming with my Greek New Testament and I need the theological enunciation of a theological syntax of Friedrich Schleiermacher's eschatology. I don't even know what any of that means. But they come and they, they're like always wanting deep stuff, deep stuff, deep stuff. You know what the deep stuff is? Whatever God tells you to do, obey Him. The Bible was never given so that we could be like, oh, I've memorized 80 verses this week. I am a follower of God. I love the illustration. um, Francis Chan uses this. He says, when I tell my daughter to go clean her room, if she says, thank you, Dad, I'll go pray and see if it is your will that I go clean my room. He said that doesn't work. He said it also wouldn't work if if she comes back later and says, Dad, I memorized your command to tell me to go clean my room. And I could even say it in Greek. He's like, that doesn't make sense, right, parents? It's like the way that your child shows that they hold you as valuable is if they do what you say. Hebrews chapter 6. This would be a great passage to write down. Verses six, chapter 6, verses 11 and 12 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, It's like if you try to do a workout after eating fast food so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It also says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember your leaders. Spiritual leaders in the church, this is for us. Watch out. Those who spoke to you the Word of God consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. That's a lot, isn't it? It means that I, as a spiritual leader of this church, ought to live for Christ in such a way that you can look at my life and say, you know what? I want Christ to, I know what Christ wants me to do because I'm watching Jeff and Jeff is watching Christ and he's following Christ. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. What a statement! What an incredible statement. You see, now, Jeff, now, ho- hold on. Well, when it says that we're supposed to imitate God as beloved children, the way I, 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 I okay, Jeff, so the, so the way that I follow God is I obey Christ out of love. Well, how do I know what Christ wants me to do? Well, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That means that we cannot see God. If we we did truly see God in all this glory, the Bible says we couldn't handle it. We would die. It's just too much. But we can see what God has done, but we can't actually see God, can we? But, but, But when Jesus came, He was the image. In other words, if we could say, who is God? We look at the life of Christ, and since He is the image of God, He is the Son of God, we can say, okay, I know that God is merciful because Jesus showed mercy. You see the connection? I I know that God is full of love because Jesus' life just spilled over in love. I know that God has a passion against sin because Jesus didn't care who it was, but He blasted away at sin. And so then, okay, so, so I know that Jesus is the image of God, but how do I know who Jesus is? Study the Word of God. Amen, church. So, so that means, man. And God's word is without error. God's word is true. It's infallible. It's inerrant. That means that you can believe it from the front and the cover, probably even the maps. Uh, the maps. Are y'all all right? I mean, you can believe all of it. It is truth. So when I look into the pages of Scripture, I see Jesus, and Jesus is the image of God. And you say, man, Jeff. So, 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 why, why is it so important that I read the Bible? Maybe even come to church because you're listening to the Word of Truth. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. You are doing good. I mean it. Because you know what Satan would love for you guys to do? You know what he would love for me to do? He would love for me only to preach to you guys and not hear, not, not listen to preaching on my own. Man, when you come and you hear the word of God, and you're like, ooh. You ever heard the phrase, getting your toes stepped on? Heard that? Yeah, I, I like what one guy said. He said, man, we're not aiming for the toes. He said, we're aiming for the hearts. And that's what Jesus wants. And that's kind of weird too. Have you heard like some church people, well, my toes are sore today, preacher. It's like, that's awkward. So you come to church to get somebody to sit there and bang away on your feet? That's like, that's weird. Do you enjoy pain? No, we come so that we can hear truth. Man, and even if our lives don't match up with truth, say, you know what? I need Christ in my life. So go back to verse number one. So I, as a beloved child, obey him out of love. And sometimes we say, man, says this beloved child, I'm, I'm doing so good. I come to church and the people in my Bible study class, I love them with all my heart. It's kind of like the old Budweiser commercial, minus the Bud. Man, I love you, man. I just, I love people at church. I love people that are so, some of y'all are just really shocked. Y'all okay? I said minus the Bud. Come on now. You come and you're like, man, people are so nice to me at church and my Sunday school teacher calls me and my pastor comes and seems to me. Y'all love me and I love you. I'm doing good. No, you're not. Remember what Jesus said? Matthew chapter 5. See, these are the type of verses that we're kind of like, okay, moving on. Notice what he says. Matthew chapter 5, verse um, 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the publicans do the same? The publicans were like, not Republicans, all right? Not political party here. But these were like professional tax cheats. He says, even the criminals love those who love them. But the verse right before that, he says, you've heard it. it's been said in verse 44 of Matthew chapter 5, you shall love your neighbor, but hate who? Your enemy." But I say unto you, bless those who curse you. That puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? That means that... And then he gives that illustration. He says, with God, doesn't His sun rise upon the evil and the good? And doesn't He send rain on the just and on the unjust? That means that for right now, now on judgment day, it's going to all be different. But for right now, God is giving His mercy to everyone. And since I'm not God, watch watch this church. That means if I'm going to follow God as a beloved child, then that means that I give love to those who hate me. Whenever I begin to think I'm a follower of Christ because I love people that are nice to me, Jesus says I'm no better than a professional thief. It is so quiet in here right now. You see, you see the difference. Let's just be real. Can we be very real for just a moment? You see the difference when we actually look at what Jesus said, as opposed to what culture tells us Jesus meant. You see the world of difference there. So not only we see what it's not. It's not religious traditionalism to follow God. It's not saying I've got Jesus in my heart, but he never makes a difference in my life. It's not um, you know saying that. Let's just, let's just go on. Because of the cross. Let's, let's move on. We know what it's not. We know what it is. It's to obey Christ out of love. You said, Jeff, I know it's to obey Christ out of love, but why? Why is this important? Well, because of the cross. How can I do it? Verse number two. And he says to walk in love. You're going to the mall and watch people walk? No? Come on, guys, get a social life. Seriously, have you ever been to the, the mall and you watch people walk, you walk, the different ways people walk and the different way people carry themselves. It's just it's just amazing. So, so the biblical picture, and we talked about this about a month ago. If whenever you read the Bible and you see the word walk, it literally means the way that you live your life. Alright? So the way that you live your life, verse 2, expanded translation, is in love as Christ loved Jesus. Us. So the reason why and I can do any of this is because Jesus has given himself up for me. And I don't know about you, but that is good news. You say, okay, now Jeff, I know that it is that Jesus did that, but what's another reason that I should live for him? Secondly, parents, because others are watching. Yikes. Big yikes. I've known some parents before, they're like, Man, I haven't really thought that much about following Christ until I had kids. You know, And the kids are walking through the house and they say something. And mom says, where did you learn to say that? And they point to dad. You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes, man, we get, we get in this mindset that as an American, I'm an individual. And because I'm an individual, um, I can do whatever I want. That is not true. People are watching us. And here's the coolest thing, man. When people watch us, if I'm following Christ, then I can point them to Christ as opposed to uh, away from Christ. Then finally... See, Jeff, how do we do this? In verse 2, how do I follow Christ? Notice what it says there. As Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us. That means that He held nothing back. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, to be a living sacrifice. Wow. What is a living sacrifice? Well, first there, notice the way that you love Jesus and you follow Him is to do whatever He says. To do what? To do to obey whatever He says. That means that when you hear the Bible read and you come to, 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 to a command of Jesus to where He tells you to speak, to communicate the Gospel, you do it. That means that when you come to a passage in, in the Bible to where, to where God tells you to give, then that means that you give. When you come to like this ethical issue, whether it be abortion or euthanasia, which by the way, let me let me just be, be very honest, both of those um, would be condemned in Scripture, okay? Because God loves life. We come to a command in Scripture to where Jesus tells us to go, we go. We come to something in the Bible, it's a promise of God, it says you claim this, we claim it. We get in the picture that whatever He says to do it, To obey, to be a perfect, to be a sacrifice to God. And it's amazing throughout Scripture, whenever people obey God, it pleases Him. It pleases Him. Now, here's our big word for today. And this is almost through here. Last phrase. What's it say that Jesus was? A fragrant offering. Literally, a sweet-smelling scent. And a sacrifice to God. Here's the big word. Anthropomorphism. Throw that out at the hardware store. See how far it gets you. Alright, anthropomorphism. What is that and why does it matter? And anthropomorphism is putting God, describing God as if He were a person. For example, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth. As a kid, I heard that and I said that is just weird. To imagine God's eyes running Everywhere. The Bible doesn't say that God has literal eyes like us, but simply that God knows everything that's happening. Neither does God have nasal scent like we do. But when it says that it is a fragrant offering and an acceptable thing to God, it means that with God, this is something that He is pleased in. Uh, several years ago, we, uh, our family went on, on a cruise. This was the first one that we had ever been on. This was back in 'o five and we did a little bit of scuba diving and um, you know it's it's amazing when you when we it was down in South Florida and Caribbean area and everybody's excited about it and mom's thinking about Titanic, all right? We have the freak out people in here and think a, a rogue wave is gonna come all the way from the Arctic and sink the ship and so we uh we went and, and I was Visiting Alice Mullins yesterday, and, and I, I didn't have mine, and she had one there. I said, Miss Alice, that is awesome, because I'm going to give an illustration about a conch shell tomorrow. And she said, well, you can use it. And I'm like, your conch shell will be used for the gospel. And she's getting excited, so thank you, Miss Alice, for this. But we went, and we found this conch shell. We dove down, and we brought it back up. And it was just so beautiful. It wasn't quite as big as this. But um, found out that conch shells have things living in them. When We take him out of the water, you could clear a gym with this thing, Y'all with me, and man, we tried everything that we could on the ship. We had it tied up in bags, but after a while, man, when we when it was finally over, you know people, what is that i mean it, it was just it was strong, and we came back to customs and it's just kind of one of those things like man it's it 's so great, we could use this it 's cool we We dove down all of like seven feet you know and, and got it and and we to bring, we want to bring it back and but 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 we couldn't because it 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 reeked. So it's kind of you know you come to that place to where you are there at, at, at customs and say if there's anything that you know that you shouldn't bring back, here's a trash can. I almost wanted to say excuse me sir, do you mind if we bring a pack of rotting flesh? You know I don't think it would have passed, and so just kind of had to take it and but you know what. And the Bible says that Jesus was totally obedient to God, even to the point of death, and that that was a sweet-smelling aroma to God, that it pleased Him. Then that means that my life, when I follow God, it pleases Him. Isn't that good news, church? That when I obey Him, it's like God is going, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. But then when I hold back and I say God, you've told me to do this, but my stinking pride tells me no. And I hold on to pride, if obedience is a sweet smelling scent, pride has to be it has to be put in the trash. And some of you here today that's what needs to happen. You need to get saved. You need to follow Christ. Rather than that, I think it would be great to have, have something like this. We've got some sweet-smelling scent candles this morning. You guys smell that All right. in the back? But when, uh, when you bring a candle to a flame and it catches on, you can do a lot more with this small candle in a dark room than you can with a stinking conch shell. And the coolest thing is, you say, well, man, I, I want to get on fire for Christ. Right now, just in this sermon, I realize that I want to obey Him and follow Him. But that means being get, getting saved, getting baptized. It's, the cool thing is that God has put us in the world not as isolated individuals, but so, here we go. Y'all like this? Can you smell this one? All right. $1.94 at Walmart, man. Great deal for sermon illustrations. The thing is, is that you can light The light from Christ. Not saying I'm anything special, but because Christ has made a change in my life and we shine for Him. Here once again is the sermon in a sentence. How am I an imitator of God? I do whatever He says. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as our musicians are coming to the front. We're going to have a time of imitation. It's very simple this morning. Do whatever He says. For some of you, God has laid it upon your heart that the second this is over, you're to walk to the back or the front, wherever those baskets are, and say, you know what, God wants me to give a sizable contribution to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I'm going to give this. Once again, not a cent comes here. Not a cent goes to administrative cost. But it all goes to bring the gospel to places that otherwise wouldn't be able to have it. And God's moved upon your heart to give a crazy big donation. Do it. Obeying. Some of you are here today and you've never been saved. In the quietness of this moment, you say, Jeff, I've never been, I don't know where I would go if I died right now. Trust Christ. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Just right now say, Jesus, I, I, I'm i in. I want to be in. I want to trust you. I'm, I'm committing my life to you. We're going to ask you that if that's you, just a few moments when we stand and we begin to sing, to just get up out of your seat and walk here to the front. And by doing that, you're saying, look, guys, I may be new here, but I'm letting you guys know that today I have given my life, given everything that I know of to Christ, and I want to commit to Him now. I'm stepping over the line. It's do or die. I'm in for Jesus. There's some of you, and Christ has told you. You've prayed about it. You've searched the Word. He's told you that you need to be a part. You need to become a member of this local faith family called Rocky Mount Baptist Church. You know it's the will of God. If God's telling you that, once again, do whatever He says. There's some of you and you've been saved. Man, you've been saved, but you haven't been baptized to let everybody else know. If that's you, man, we're just asking you to get up out of your seat and come down and say, Jeff, I want to be baptized. And we'll set up a time and do that. And by doing that, you're showing people that you are not ashamed of Christ. If there's some of you who just want to come down to the front and pray for someone in your life who needs Christ, we're going to open up this, uh, this front Um, this altar area to do that whatever it is that God's moving upon your heart the Bible says that Jesus gave himself up as an offering and a sacrifice for us and that was pleasing to God so once again the invitation is for us to follow Christ and do whatever God tells us to do